0: Well, amen. Hey, they are going to return back to their seats here on the sides. Their helpers are going to help them. Um, Just get ready to embrace them. Here they come back for you. So students, you're going to slip off. Go sit back where you were sitting. Thank you, Nathaniel. Thank you. Thank you. Let's give them another round of applause as they head on back to their seats. I mean, it's hard to imagine. We had over 140 come through these doors this week. We averaged around 112 to 118 each day. Um, the most consistent VBS, as far as numbers go, that I've ever been a part of. Um, and the preschoolers really had their work cut out for them, as far as the helpers go. Uh, we had around 40 preschoolers. That is a lot of pre-cares right there, yeah. Um, and so they had a lot of coffee this week. And uh, anyways, it was an incredible, an incredible week. Now, we have a lunch right after this. And I know some of y'all were smelling that pulled pork and getting really, really excited. And a uh, shout out to Roger Nori for getting that meat smoked for us and pulled. Yeah, let's give him a round of applause, all of our helpers down there. But man, just for a moment before we slip down there, I just want you to imagine that you have gone on vacation, and some of you have done this. Um, maybe you go to the West Coast, especially about midway, central California on north, and you go to the coast, and you stand on the edge of those cliffs that run the coastline. Some of y'all have maybe have done that, where you walk up to the edge of that cliff, and man, you're just beholding the Pacific Ocean before you, and then you're looking down at the beach beneath your feet, and the people look about this big because you're that high off the ground. But let's imagine that's you for a moment, and you're standing on the edge, right? Because you got to get up to the edge, right, to get the full experience. And you're just soaking in the brilliance of the ocean, and the salty air, and the beauty, and just maybe the sun is just maybe it's setting or something, and it's just a perfect moment. And in that moment, man, all your cares and worries just kind of slip away, and you, everything is just good and right. And it's just a perfect, peaceful moment. And even dreams of the future, endeavors are just bouncing around your heart and your mind at that point. You're just excited about what is to come. And you're just standing there, you're just like, can't believe this moment. But then all of a sudden, beneath your feet, the ground begins to crack, and it begins to crumble and slip. And collapse beneath your feet. And it happens so quickly and you're so shocked by it that you are just frozen and you don't even have time to really move. And then all of a sudden you now find yourself falling that long, long distance. And in just a matter of moments, your life will come to an end. If that's you in that scenario, after your life ends, let me ask you a question. Then what? Then what? In Matthew chapter 7, Matthew records Jesus saying, "...not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom." Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to heaven. Not everyone who says, well, I was I a was good old Southern Baptist, or I was a good old Lutheran, or a Methodist. Not everyone who says, well, I was a good person, is going into the kingdom. Not everyone who says, well, I didn't do that, or I wasn't like that, or I didn't do that or say that, not everyone who says that is going into the kingdom. Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going into the kingdom, but only those who do the will of my Father in heaven. Now, what in the world is the will of the Father in heaven? What's his will? What do we got to do? Well, In another scene, Jesus is on this mountain with three of his close, close followers, Peter, James, and John, and they actually hear the Father speak from heaven, and the Father says, this, talking about Jesus, is my Son. Listen to him. That's the will of the Father, that we would listen to the one that he sent, and that's Jesus. And multiple times... On many occasions, with a variety of people and in different settings, Jesus articulated what it looked like and what it meant to follow him. And he said, listen, if you want to be my disciple, you must surrender everything. You must deny self, pick up your crosses, and come follow me. You must let go of your life because those who want to save their lives will actually lose it in the end. But those who would lose their lives now for my sake, for me, will actually save it in the end. He said, Listen, if you can't renounce everything, if you can't put me first and foremost between, before everything and everyone in your life, you can't be my disciple. You can't enter the kingdom. So Jesus says, listen, if you want eternal life, then you must surrender, die to self, choose me above and before everything and everyone else. Now, why does he say that? Because as the students even learned this week, the Bible says, all of us have sinned. Every single one of us, it doesn't matter our background, doesn't matter if you're a pastor doesn't matter if you're 10 years old or 100 years old. Doesn't matter if you're the Pope. Doesn't matter if you're Mary herself. You're a sinner. All of us have sinned. All of us have either fallen short of perfection or all of us have rebelled against perfection. We are sinners, all of us. All of us have said something, done something, thought something we shouldn't have said, done, or thought. I don't care how severe you think it is. All of us have sinned. And the Bible is also very, very clear that the wages of that sin, literally what we have earned by our actions, that's what a wage is, is death. We don't have a right to life. I don't have a right to heaven or to the kingdom. I don't have a right to these things. The only thing I have a right to because of my work, because of what I have done is death. The Bible is very, very clear on that. The wages of sin is death. What we have earned is separation from the one who is life, from the one who is love, from the one who is all that is good and right and perfect. We deserve death. And so, as a result, we are found lifeless and hopeless. You and I are destined for an eternal reality away from the one that we were created by and for. But the Bible is also very, very clear. But the free gift of God's is eternal life through and in Jesus. That's why Jesus says in John 3, 16, as recorded is, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, talking about himself, so that whoever would believe in him would not die but have eternal life. Now you say, how in the world is that possible? How can Jesus, this guy born in Bethlehem of a virgin, Raised in a little town called Nazareth, this human being, just like I'm a human being, how can this guy make such promises? Because Jesus is fully fully man, yes, but he's also fully God. Jesus is God in human form. The Bible says that Jesus is the fullness of deity in human form. That God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in the person Jesus. That Jesus is the exact imprint of God's very nature or his character that jesus was the word in the beginning and he is the word who was with god in the beginning and the word took on flesh jesus is god in human form who became a human being and he's the creator and sustainer of everything including yourself and myself as the author of hebrews would say in the bible that he even upholds the universe by the word of his power regardless of the energy crisis the universe is facing, Jesus still upholds it and sustains it. And even though he knew no sin, the Bible's clear, he was tempted just like you and I were tempted, yet without sin. And so even though he knew no sin, he became our sin. He was crushed for our iniquities, pierced for, For our transgressions, told hundreds of years before Jesus walked the earth, it was the will of God to crush him in our place, to pour out his wrath upon Jesus, so that you and I, sinners, could go free, so that we could be forgiven and declared innocent. And this is how we even know what love is that Christ died for us, yet while we were still sinners. So he sent Jesus to die the death you and I deserved. To receive the blow of God in our place because He loved us, because He loves us, and because He desires to restore the relationship between Himself and you that was broken because of our sin, because He wanted to spend forever in a new world with us. But the Bible is also very, very clear. But we must confess with our mouth, we must acknowledge Him before humanity in this world. That he is Lord. And believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. In other words, we can't just say it. We have to believe it internally. Surrendering our lives to this Lord. And for those who do, for those who call upon the name of the Lord, the Bible is also very, very clear. Those people who do that will be saved They are the ones, those who receive Jesus, they are the ones that God will give the right to become his children. They will be the ones he gives the right to the kingdom. But for those who reject Jesus, they will forever be separated from God and will remain guilty of sin. They will remain under the fate of death. Because Jesus... Who's not just any human being or prophet or teacher. He's God in human form who conquered sin and death and perfect resurrection. He's the only one given to us by which we must be saved. He is the way, the truth, and the life. To reject him is to reject your only lifeboat. You don't get to the Father, Jesus said, but by and through and in him. So not everyone who says to Jesus, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. I don't care your denomination, background. I don't care how many times you've gone to VBS. I don't care what you say or do. If you're not in Christ, you're not safe. You're not. The Bible's very, very clear about that. Jesus was very, very clear about that. But he says, only those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. But he said, many people are going to tell me that day. Yeah, but Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we say some Bible verses? Didn't we actually teach people from Scripture? Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we try to get rid of evil in this world? Didn't we try to do good things? Jesus said, and then I will confess unto those who are banking on their work, I don't know you. Depart from me. You can't go into the kingdom. It's not about us and our work. It's about Jesus and his work. In which he died on the cross for our sin. And declared it as finished. And conquered our sin and death and resurrection. The question is have we received him or rejected him? So there you are on that cliff. And your life ends. Unexpectedly. Because that's how it always happens, right? I've gathered at enough funerals that no one saw this coming. And there you awake in the presence of Jesus and your knee just can't help but bow and your tongue confess Him as Lord. The question is, is do you then hear from Him, welcome, son or daughter, faithful servant, friend, or do you hear from His mouth, depart from me. I don't know you. And listen, whether you're 50 years old, 100 years old, or 10 years old, the answer to that question matters greatly, and it must be settled today. Because you never know when the ground beneath you will crack, crumble, and collapse, and your reality changed just like that. If COVID didn't teach us that, I don't know what would. And you'll be left standing before the creator and sustainer of the cosmos, asking yourself, now what? And if you don't think it's possible, I'll tell you this story. I was a senior in high school, Ponca City, 17, 18 years old. And I had a friend, his name was Travis. And I'd known him since I was young. He'd gone to our church when I was younger. We went to many vacation Bible schools together. We weren't really, really close friends, but we were friends, And here he was, a senior in high school, 17, 18 years old. He goes to bed one night and never woke up. Turns out Travis had a brain tumor that no one knew about, not even himself. 17, 18 years old, and the ground beneath his feet cracked, crumbled, and collapsed. Now, Travis loved Jesus and he's with Jesus, but my question to you is you don't know what's lurking beneath the surface, and if tonight you went to bed and you never woke again, then what? You don't have time to say tomorrow. Now, today is the day of your salvation. He's given you everything, all the evidence that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that if you would just acknowledge and admit, man, I'm a sinner turn from that and believe that Jesus is God in human form. The son of God who died for you and conquered sin and death and resurrection. And then confess him as your Lord. Believing in here. Man, he's my Lord. You would be saved. And man, he would give you the promise of an eternal reality far unlike anything you and I can even imagine. But if you reject him, you will spend an eternal reality separated from him. So with heads bowed, eyes closed, I'm going to invite Linda and them forward, and I want you to, I want to ask you that question because I think God has asked you that question. Have you received Jesus or rejected him? Do you believe in him or have you disbelieved? Have you surrendered everything to Jesus as Lord of your life that he, he owns it all? My life is his now. Or are you still holding on to self, declaring, I do me? You can do that, and for a time it will seem right for you, but in the end it will lead to death. Scripture is very clear on that. The only way you get into the kingdom is in and through Jesus, and that only happens by repenting and believing in him and following him above and before anything and everyone else in your life. And we had some students who made that decision this week. And I'm going to challenge you students, if you made that decision, even as I pray in just a moment, that you come forward and you make that public, that you declare to the world, I belong to Jesus. He's my Lord now. But there's some adults in this room. Man, you've been burned by church in the past. You've been burned by something. But man, put all that aside. God is calling you right now to come follow Jesus. He wants to have a relationship with you and to give you an eternity with him that far surpasses anything you might face in this life. He laid down his life for you so that you could have a new one. But you gotta surrender. But you gotta surrender. But for those of you who say, man, I belong to Jesus and I want you to pray right now for that person next to you who may not be a believer pray for these students who made that decision. And maybe in a moment, even as I pray, you just want to come down here and just pray on these steps for these students, for for families, for those, our community, for our culture, for our world. Some of you, man, you can't wait. And even as I pray, you come forward, even as I pray. If that's you, you need to surrender your life to Jesus. You come forward, even as I pray. Father, We come to you right now in this place. I thank you for these students. I thank you for these adults, these families. Lord, there's some in this room who have grown up in church. Lord, they've grown up in church. They, They could give you all the right answers. But they've never surrendered lordship to you. They're banking on their work. They're banking on their knowledge. They're banking on their background and experience. But Lord, it's all about you and your work. And there's some, Lord, who've grown up in church, even in this church, who need to surrender. Surrender the self. Pick up their cross and come follow you, no matter what. Lord, there's some in this room who've just heard the gospel, maybe for the first time, that you love them, that you care for them, that you created them, that you have designed them with a purpose. Lord, I pray that they would recognize that Jesus is King, that Jesus is the Redeemer who came to buy them back from their slavery, from their sin, from their hopeless state. It's not about who we are and what we've done, but it's about who you are and what you've done. You're calling them to step out of the darkness and into the light, out of death and into life. Lord, bring salvation today. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We don't know when the ground beneath our feet that we think is so secure and solid, when it might crack, crumble, and collapse. But Lord, I pray that you would convict us and wreck us right now in your presence. Our need to give our lives to you today. Lord, bring these students down, bring these adults down for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. I'm going to ask that you stand with us right now. Students, if you made a decision, I'm going to encourage you to come down. Adults, if you've got to make a decision, say, man, I've got to give my life to Jesus. I, I want to know what that looks like. You come down right now. Nick's down here. I'm down here. Uh, just come talk. If you just want to come pray, man, the steps are open. You come now during this time as we sing this song.